Hey, it's Chris. And Kylie. We're just a couple of jerks who need help following Jesus. Our podcast is all about humility. And finding direction and purpose. Especially when life gets hard or things don't turn out like we thought they would. Welcome to Following Jesus for Jerks. Welcome back. We're not laughing as we come on board this week. We locked eyes, though. We did. During the countdown. It was a moment. Such a sweet gaze. It was a tender moment. <laughs> starting to feel kind of... Do you guys want me to stay? <laughs> Joining us again is uh, Rob Parker. Uh, if you didn't, if you didn't uh, listen to last week's episode... Shame on you. Not just, not just shame, shame upon you and your house. <laughs> wow. uh, uh, and you your should, cow. You should stop this episode, yes. listen to that other one, and then come back. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome back after being shamed. Well, we just, yeah, we just heard, uh, <laughs> uh, um, man, man, what an incredible story that you shared last week, Rob, and I uh, really appreciate your vulnerability and short sharing that, and uh, yeah, like we said, our first in our true crime installment here, <laughs> here at uh, Following Jesus for Jerks, but no, no, but seriously, like what a, what a powerful story of just authenticity of like look, just looking for something real, not finding it, like finding it on your own, and then coming back to seeing all along that that authenticity is in the real Jesus. Like that that's that's the one thing I, I just kept hearing over and over, um, and loved loved hearing that. And and yeah, really appreciate your story. And you know, Kylie and I met Rob separately right but i mean you met him first then you 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 made the introduction for for him and i here at, at the crossing sure um what about four or five years ago or so yeah and uh man it's just been been cool seeing your like like the things that you've had on your heart to do i know you've, you've started some initiatives and started some things even last couple of years and our daughters became very fast friends <laughs> uh you know few 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 sleepovers have happened I think one of them was during a snowstorm. Yep. I think you wound up having having Havana for like three days or something like that. <laughs> I recall <laughs> during that. a snowstorm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still paying it back. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, man, just yeah, we're grateful to have you back. And and uh, you know, one one of the one of the things you you mentioned, some one of the places you're you're going, and like want to want to bring people along is you, you mentioned the sense of like community. Right, especially amongst the marginalized, disenfranchised, you know, kind of like edge people, right, and uh, young people especially. Um, what is what is like? What does that look like now, and where's that going? Yeah, first I would say we have to, we have to dispel this notion that like those are two different groups. Like that is historically what the church is. Yeah, the church is like broken yeah marginalized hurting mm. traumatized people who realize like i'm a hot mess yeah. like and i need help amen like that's how the church even got built without that like that was my kind of mentality of like oh church is for the good people right not not the people that are screwed up like me <clears throat> and what i've realized along the way is in the beginning it was this like i thought we were supposed to like accumulate just this big bunch of Christian friends. Like we were just supposed to be around. Now we're all supposed to be just together. I heard somebody say one time, Christians are like manure. Um, that if, if you spread them out, things will grow. But if they stay in one place, it stinks. Like, Oh, wow. Um, I've never oh, heard man, that. I love so, that. Yeah. Write that down. <laughs> so I started, I think it was a realization somewhere from Sierra and I both like, 
our life should continue to look like diverse as far as like there should be all kinds of hurting people in our life. Mm-hmm. Like we should be a we should attract people that are hurting the most, not repel. Like there should be a sense of like safety and like coming to us with like, I don't care if you're in addiction. I don't care if you're part of the LGBTQ community. I don't care if you've got trauma. I don't care if there's mental, whatever it is, fill in the blanks. Like we should be a beacon of like, man, here are people that I, that will love me and I can be in community with. And like, I can count on them to deliver an authentic love to me um that we should have almost the market cornered on that like mm. if god is love and that's the spirit that dwells in us then we should therefore be love it feels like a simple equation i'm not a mathematician but i mean i can speak to some mastery of basic addition and subtraction <laughs> uh, so i get that equation it makes sense to me. yeah um so that's what i think community is meant to look like i think that is what god created us for to live in authentic community with people they're not necessarily like us or think about things the way that we think about um it's not like hey let's surround ourselves with all the people like group think let's create this christian sense of group think we're all just like encouraging each other in what we already believe like we should be being challenged and it should be a place where we can have those open and honest conversations. that's what we set out to build i mean we've had a bunch of kids that really i just think needed to hear like, Hey, I'm loved. I'm valued. I have worth. Um, look, I get the sense of like, I got to rush out and like, make sure that people aren't doing this or doing that. But at the end of the day, I can promise you there's a line around the block of people who cannot wait to wag their finger in people's faces and tell them all the things they do wrong. I can tell you that the group that wants to show authentic, transformative, impactful love, that is a much smaller line. Like, and that's the line I'm in. I just, I hopped in that line. I was like, I'm just going to love people well. Um, I feel like that should be our default. Anytime we feel like we're onto anything else, I think we default back to love mm-hmm. again. That's what I see in scripture. That's what attracted me to God. That's what made me believe that I actually had a loving father in heaven that cared about me. It was not all the do's and don'ts. It wasn't the, it wasn't even the grace of it all. It, although that was important. It was the feeling of like, he really loves me. Like, if you don't get that, if you don't get that God loves personally, like is in love with you, the rest of it really doesn't make sense. So like, you got to get that first. And in my experience, once I got that, all I wanted to do is have other people get that too. Like come taste and see how good God is um, and and see how good he is before you realize how bad I am. This idea that we're like these perfect messengers. I'm like, I wear it on my sleeve. Like I'm a, I'm a hot mess. I'm a, I've got borderline personality disorder. My wife's got PTSD. Like we've got a blended family. Our kids are kind of messy. We've got all kinds of people in our lives and, and, baby mamas and baby daddies and all kinds of stuff that just makes life some days untenable. <laughs> uh, but it's real and we love Christ and we love people. And I think that's the commission. All that other stuff is like details. Um, so that's the kind of community we set out to, to create. Um, you can't offer what you don't have. So you can't tell the world like there's a God who's going to love you unconditionally. There's a God who wants you to be in community with him, with his people. But then when you get there, like his people, like don't really they're not willing to embrace like we have to be willing to j- embrace people where they're at i had somebody tell me one time like we just we have to we have to validate people's humanity <sighs> i don't know guys i just feel like there was a time where maybe like validating people's humanity was enough to get your foot in the door in relationships mm. maybe there was maybe there wasn't but like, i don't know if i can say this on air but i'm gonna say it as long as you've got people 
like the Westboro Baptist Church with signs that say yeah. God hates fags, right. as long as that's a real thing, right. like validating humanity is not, enough, not enough for the church. Yes. Like that is not going to over, yeah. like we got to show up and be like, we're going to love people so well, um, but we don't trust, I don't think that we really trust the spirit of God to transform lives. We feel like that burden is on us. Right. Like I've got a friend, I won't get into all the details, but somebody challenged me like, hey, are you not like constantly taking him back to like, hey, the way that you're living your life is wrong? I'm like, Why? Like, wow, how's that on me? And they're like, don't you know he's got an eternal soul? That, and I'm like, and you think God put that on me? Like, if God, if God knows me the way that I suspect that he does, he would never put that on me. <laughs> well, you're going to go to heaven or hell, and here's the guy that's going to decide. Like, he's either going to get you there or he's not. That is not the case here. Like, so I, I feel like we have to remove that pressure, and it's not that we don't speak the truth. Right. But we should be motivated by God's love, grace, mercy, and truth, and not by some sense of, like, I got to check that box off and make sure you hear it from my mouth. Like, that's not I, – I, I Well, told well not, said. I told somebody not long ago, like, if you have to set somebody's life on fire to get the gospel across, you're not an evangelist, you're an arsonist. So, like, I mean, if people come away feeling like, oh, I, I, maybe I just heard the gospel, I feel super wounded. Mm. Like, I feel like it was, it's like drive, I call it drive-by evangelism. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And you're over here, like, bleeding out, and there's nobody there to help yeah. you. <laughs> well, that's what we've talked about a lot recently is good news should be good news, yeah. like, not used as a weapon, you know, it, because therefore, like you just said, it's not good news like we've we've taken that just created made it a term instead of like the reality of this is fantastic news that is life-changing for people but like you said it's not up to ultimately i mean be led by the spirit speak truth you know but but not and 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 not to condemn people yeah and if if truth is at the expense of love then is it like is it is it real like it can, you know, we and we and we've talked about this on, on on this podcast before. Like, the the men who were ready to stone the woman caught in the act of adultery in Matthew, like they they were true. Like they was that was the law, right? They were speaking truth and they were passionate about. Like Kylie said they were really passionate about truth, but God's it was at truth. the about God's truth, right? And it was, but it was at the expense of community, love grace conviction right it was condemnation not conviction and jesus brought all those other things in truth to her and changed her life (laughs) i had the opportunity to speak at a recovery event last summer and the title of my talk was uh, throat punch shame um and i like that idea of like man anything that feels like shame Mm -hmm. being weaponized against us i think we have to get in the habit of just rejecting that um, now, I'm not saying there shouldn't be shame for sin. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do something and feel. But there's a but difference. But it's the Holy Spirit who brings yeah, There's a big difference yeah. between, like, people induce, like, kind of putting your nose in it and God saying, like, you've erred. This is where I want you to be and this is where you're at. But it's the difference between being encouraged by a loving father and what I suspect is being, like, encouraged, see my quotations, encouraged <laughs> by self-righteous people. <laughs> well, I mean, didn't didn't Jesus call the disciples? You, you're listening to the father of lies, right? You're you're of you're of your father, the devil, who's he's the accuser of the brethren. If that's all we're doing, like shame and condemnation, like we're we're not encouraging. We're 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 in agreement with the devil yeah. and and accusing people. Yeah, I'm with you. We're the sometimes I I've heard it said we're the only army that shoots their wounded, but I 
I think for the world that like we have to remove the barriers that we've created for people to come to Christ, like all these hurdles. I mean, it sounds familiar, right? I feel like it's the same thing that's happened when Jesus walked the earth as like yeah. you people, the religious leaders of the time had put in all these like huge yeah. mountains in front of people. So it's like, and when I look at the public square, I'm not saying it's all right, but I'm saying we've earned some of the reputation that we have. Like and some of that reputation yeah. has been earned because of our lack of love and my opinion is we'll only get back by an overabundance of the same. Yeah. So like we have not loved people well. If we want to change our reputation, if we want to change the reputation of God Almighty, it's his people loving well because that's what he told us to and, do. And instead we've we've turned it into, you know, we talked about it I think just last week, like this, or two weeks ago, manufactured persecution. Yeah. Right? Oh, well, this is this is this is just them, you know, this is just the suffering with Jesus because the world doesn't accept us. It's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> what a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah. i'm going to create barriers and then and then cry persecution <laughs> when those when those when those barriers be barriers right like yeah yeah i don't know it's concerning you know yeah. the lack of of trust of the church of christianity those following jesus right now in a society and i think you're right it's because the perception is not oh they they're very loving people right it's 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 very us versus them it's very like you yeah. said we've got to break down the barriers of we're all human beings who in reality have messy lives that may look different because of whatever issue or financially or or whatever but that's that's a systemic thing but the reality is we're all made in the image of god we're all human beings, and the church should be, as Jesus did, especially loving those that are marginalized, that are oppressed, that are hurting, that are broken. Mm -hmm. And and I love the way you said that. The, the only way that this is going to change is if not just the perception of the world being, oh, well, I mean, yeah, the perception of the world seeing followers of Jesus, true followers of Jesus loving. And, and I'm to the point now where, you know the 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 view of american christianity or or, or I, I will say western christianity is is not love is very divisive is very um like you said condemning about the way people live their lives the do's and the don'ts versus we're just going to love you anyway and I, what was your that came from somewhere in you like you said you were you've always been a community developer as you said before he went on <laughs> like i said though <laughs> <laughs> you know using that for evil before and now using that for good like but going back to your aunts and their openness and hospitality and the doors always open and come in and have a piece of pie and i'm going to love you regardless of where what your behavior is or how, what your life looks like in this moment like how did how did how did faith, their faith, play into that? Like, was that something that was talked about, that was shared, or it was just you knew they go to church, they're Christian, they follow Jesus, and I can tell by the way that they're choosing to live? Norma, I shared the gospel with me my entire life, both verbally and non-verbally. Mm. Um, but I would say it was less about 
probably the things they said over the years, although that was surely a part of it. And more about, I knew what it looked like to have people not show up. I knew what abandonment felt like. Yeah. Uh, I knew what isolation felt like. I know what loneliness felt like. Like they showed me what it looked like um, to be welcomed, like not just invited. There's a world of difference between being welcome and being invited. And I think that is where I can be really hard on the church. And a lot of times I, I catch some flack for that, but I think people got to understand the reason I'm like that is not because I don't love the church. I love mm. the church. That's why I'm so hard on us because I'm not going to hold anybody else to the standard, but us, nobody else has yeah. the Holy spirit of God that dwells in them. The standard for me is much, much higher for us. So of course I'm going to be critical when we drop the ball, just like I expect people to be critical of me. If I drop the ball, <laughs> uh, like I'm representing something way bigger than just me, like God of the universe, like savior, like all this stuff. So when I look at what, like what Melvin Violet did and they created this, this environment of like, well, I feel like that's what we should be doing. The big C church should figure out how to stop inviting people and start making people feel welcome. It will change everything. Like if people feel like they're wanted to come into this place, come with us and worship, come taste and see that God is good. No, not come and be accosted, not yeah. come and come and be reminded that you're an image bearer, heroin addict, image bearer. You got an abortion, image bearer fill in the blanks image bearer like that's what we should go back to and if that's what we're seeing how can we have anything but love it's god himself yeah. we're loving like it's his own image like how can we not love these people these people are us we're all i just don't get it and i heard something not long ago that we're not all in the same boat like some of us are in canoes, some of us are in yachts, some of us are in life jackets, sure. some of us are drowning. So just like be kind to each other. Like yeah. we're all going through something here. Um, and I think that is the message. Like this is hard. It's hard. Life is hard. Being human is hard. Um, but it's way harder by ourselves. We need each other. We really do need each other. What do you think has developed in the Big C Church? And from what you see, you know, even as you make your rounds presenting, you know, Lark and Gateway, what is keeping Christians from becoming involved and pouring themselves out? Can't believe you really asked me. Boy, it's about to get real in here. <laughs> That's, uh, I really do think that I don't want to beat the COVID bandwagon too hard. But it had a real impact. Sure. Like, just like everybody else, we have less volunteers and less mentors and less of everything than we had before. And the number of young people we're working with continues to grow. So that puts a lot of pressure on me and my team and on the volunteers that we do have. I still believe that the church is operating, has been operating under what they call the 80-20 principle <laughs> for years and years and years. And that's the 20% of the people are doing 80% of the work. Since COVID, it might be more like 90%. 10 mm. like if you've never noticed i'm gonna guess at your own home churches you see that like it's the same people generally involved in all this stuff like there's a reason for that so i'll, I'll give you my direct answer my direct sure. answer is first our churches are too big that's part of the problem we can hide it's so easy to hide in a big church and do yeah. nothing and just like when you're a smaller church like you have everybody you got to get involved or you're going to die i mean maybe not physically like your pastor won't kill you, but like, <laughs> I mean, bye, get away from that church. If you think your pastor's going to kill you for not being involved, don't be there. It's a bad spot, man. You, you showed up late as an usher. <laughs> Time to go. Boom. 
Uh, but I do think like having big churches, are, it's a challenge for us, I think, to keep okay. people engaged. Uh, entertainment, I think, is a challenge. Mm. I, I feel like we are, we live in a culture that celebrates like inter- self-entertainment and just like me time. And my question to, I think, myself and all of us is like, how much free time are we entitled to? We have X amount of days on this earth. This is how much time we have. Um there are people around us in our sphere of influence that God brings in and out of our life that I feel like we, we aren't responsible for, but we are responsible for following the spirits lead into people's life. Yeah. Um, so how willing are we to just be like, Hey, I, I'm me, I'm going to take care of me and mine. And I feel like that's what's happened. There is this mentality of like our stuff. I'm going to, I'm going to double down on what, what belongs to me. I'm like, man, that is not a good way to live. If you look around the world that we live in right now, there's so much polarization and there's so many people that, that just really think they're enemies. I don't think there's as many people that are enemies as what they think. There are forces out there that want you to believe sure. that we are against each other. But I feel like the word is clear that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. We are not each other's enemies. We are all image bearers, like we said. So how can we be enemies? So I think deception is the enemy. Uh, and so I think to the long, that's a really long winded way of saying, I think just the reason that people don't show up, I think is because we're selfish. We're selfish by nature. Like, I just think that's the way that we're geared. And this world has gotten more complicated and busier and technology has given us, we take in so much information in a day and there's so much opportunity on where to spend our time. We're just inundated. Uh, so I, I do think that since COVID, a lot of people, like they get done with their day to day and they would, they retreat from the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. We have fought it in our own family. Like there's so much going on. Like how, who do we include and when? Um, but I think we just have to be open to saying like, God wants us to live in community with each other, investing in other people and other people investing in us. This sense of retreat and just doing my own thing. You can't hardly reconcile that with like a biblical foundation. That's- it's this weird dynamic. I think that happened during the the pandemic where, we found appreciation for maybe in a new way to be still or rest or connect with our family. But then as we've come out of it, yeah, it's become a a selfishness where I can continue to choose to disconnect from everyone else in a way that's, that's become unhealthy for, you know, a culture and community building. And, and is our resting really connecting with God or is it just, what, what Rob oh, said. Sure. This, is, this is something I'm, I'm I mean, I'm not, not this is about me or anything, but I'm, I'm facing that right now, like reevaluating my quote unquote alone time, right? I'm like, it really isn't like it's, it's, it's turn off time. It's disengage time. It's yeah, I, I struggle with that too. And it's like, man, that's, that's not what God called me to. Like, <coughs> you know, I, I yeah. And, and I, and I, I, I yeah, totally jive what you're saying. Like, and I do feel a sense of yeah, responsibility to live in community, care for others, but it's like, but but those times when I am called to be still and know that I, I don't always. Yeah. I just, like I said, I turn on a show and turn off and veg out, and that that's not, like that's not what we're called to. And I think there's, if we're being really honest yeah. with ourselves too, I think there's a sense of of self-righteousness that mm-hmm. happens <clears throat> we come to <clears throat> we come to christ our lives transform we're saved we're we're restored we have peace we have all these like things that are happening in us and around us and i think we can easily get to a point to where it's like if this was a very selfish gospel like you've come to save me 
for my own self. Like he, first of all, comes and saves us for his own namesake. Mm. And then that extends. Now we go back to people that are in the same darkness that we've lived in and say like, hey, there's hope here. There's hope in this. There's a whole bunch of people right now that just need to hear like there's hope. Yeah. Like it's not over. It's not too late. Mm. Like there are people that love you. Like this is real to me. And I mean, I've got, we have real people that come in and sit in front of us and say like, I don't have anybody. Like, I don't know where to go. I don't know how to get help. Mm. We've got kids that like don't know where to get food to eat. Like they, like they show up and they're like, oh, I don't have any food right now. We're like, well, let's let us help you know where to get food. Like, I mean, these are things that like I don't feel like we have the time to like overindulge in our own. Like, how many hours of Netflix are, are we really entitled to in a week? Like, what's the number? Is it is it really as much as what the average is? I can't hardly imagine with the mm. amount of need out there that we can be that overly consumed with entertainment. And that's just one piece of it. It is selfishness. It is self-righteousness. And it is this idea, I think, that once <clears throat> the American way of doing church, the American way of, quote, unquote, doing Jesus, feels to me like we hit a point to where we start to detach. Like, okay, now I'm up here mm. and it's tiered. Mm. I have never got off the ground floor, I guess. I've never felt like I've arrived to a place where I'm any better than anybody else. So let's take the the hope. Let's take the... We need to be, you know, on mission. We need to be pouring ourselves out. Share some stories that you've seen in whatever, your seven years or more recent, and you talk about Willowbridge or, or whatever you'd like. What are some stories where you've seen, you know, such a positive impact, What the, whether it's the church or you and your family or individuals or Gateway? You know, so let's celebrate some of the stories that, you know, God's done. Um, that you've had the opportunity to see and be a part of. So over the course of seven years, we've got now over a hundred youth in our community and beyond that have not all of them have aged out of foster care. They're just they, but I would say they all needed some support. They all mm. needed to be wrapped up in this community in some level. Um, and through that, we realized, man, housing was an issue. So we started a transitional living community for unsupported young adults, eighteen to twenty-four. It's called Willow Bridge. It's close to Gateway Woods. Um, so we've had all kinds of opportunity to live even closer in proximity with some of these young people. Um, we, we've got, we have stat, like my wife and our family lived there for a while in the apartments. Like we've always got a couple that, that's, that is on there. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of opportunity there to engage. Be, be, before, we've, sorry, but before we get into, uh, you maybe have some statistics or numbers off the top of your head. Just, I know most people are blown away by the number of kids in foster care, the number of kids yeah. that age out at 18 and good luck to you. Like, can you explain that and, and why, you know, and then move on to why Willowbridge is so valuable and important. Sure. Yeah. I, I can, I could give you a bunch of data. What I'll tell you is that I'll give you a few that have always had an impact on me. For example, you know, a female foster youth is more likely to be sexually assaulted than she is to go to college. Um, the chances of being homeless after aging out of the foster care system are something like 60% higher than like a, a quote unquote normal kid, somebody who grew up in a traditional setting. Oh. Um, if this is what we know though, just to have one adult, one healthy caring adult in your life decreases your chances of teen pregnancy um dropping out of school which people think like that's like a singular event you just dropped out of school but dropping out of 
education is like a, it's a culmination of disengagement with the educational system it happens over time and usually it's people who have been isolated or feel left out so all this different stuff um just having one adult in your life like it it increases your likelihood of quote unquote success by something like 30 percent. just one adult just one person that cares about <laughs> wow. you like some of that stuff becomes but what we realize a lot of these kids don't have anywhere to go when they get they turn 18 there's not sure. a lot of options they're not sure what to do we've built relationships with these kids so we we started we were like hey how do we address like a real life problem that kids that we love are having that's where Willow Bridge came from. Part of it was safety. We wanted to we wanted to do more of keep, keeping our kids safe, not seeing our kids be victimized and taken advantage of and exploited. Uh, and part of it was giving them a place where they could they could respond to truth to to who God is, like to be in a place where they can at least <clears throat> breathe long enough to say, okay, I have this information, and now I can choose what to do with it. Mm. Um, like that's kind of that's between you and him. I, it's up to me to like point you the way and that's what we're trying to do <clears throat> so all this stuff we see all these like terrible things happen and we're like my, my belief system just because of my own experience and i always tell people you can't make a principle out of your experience like it's gonna be different for you it's yeah. for me and everybody else my experience very much was like community was important what my aunts did for us from for my wife and I and for our kids and for so many other people. I couldn't say how many people have come in and out of Melbourne Violet's house. Um, and they were imperfect people, you know, just like the rest of us. But I think just being willing to reject this idea that, like, your stuff is messy, mm. my stuff is well put together, and because of that, I'm going to keep you I'm now in a, Yeah, and I'm in a position of, yeah. you know, and I, only I can help you. Yeah, and I don't yeah. want your stuff to touch yeah. my stuff because it, my, my stuff's real well put together. And I think, that's a, what a crazy yeah. notion yeah. to me. <laughs> like, that's not real authentic community. Think, so, of, think of Jesus did that to us. He's no the ultimate kidding. put together, yeah. right? Think of if he did that to us, but no, he... Did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but humbled himself even to the point of a servant. So we've got these kids moving in and out of Willowbridge, and we've got these kids that we're young adults and that we're work, working with, quote unquote. But all of it just really feels like an execution of community. Like, just sure. like this is how God told us to do it. Like, you have more resources than me, so we connect and we share those resources. Like, you're struggling here and I'm not. I'm going to help you carry that burden. Like, I. I don't feel like that is limited to just like believers in Jesus. Like if I'm, if I'm a, if I'm a Christ follower, like I'm going to do that, but only for my people. Like again, that us and them, I'm like, I, I want to extend the aisle. I just want to be like, Hey, you're struggling and you're a human being. I like, I want to step into that with you. Like, I just want to be like, I'm with you. That's it. That's all I want to communicate is that I am with you. Like I want good things for you. So I have watched that with the people that do show up look it's it's true like we have a terrible lack of people to plug into our kids i have to tell this is what makes it hard to do our job sometimes is we tell these kids like hey there's a community of people that want to meet you where they at where you're at they want to love you well they, they want to be a right representation of who god really is but that puts a lot of pressure on us because people don't always show up <laughs> so i'm here like if people love you and they want you but then it takes months and months and this kid's like hey Hey, do I have a mentor yet? I'm like, oh, sorry, not yet. Like that, it is hard for me to, but mm. I will say there's story after story after story. The people who have showed up where it's made a huge impact. We've had, we had a girl move in once where, I mean, the whole system pretty much was stacked against her. Like you're never going to be able to graduate. You're never going to be able to hold a job, all kinds of never wills. Sure. It just flooded her like mind. It stole so much confidence from her. 
But, man, there were times where I was the only one in that room saying, like, hey, you can do this. Like, like we believe in you. Like, we're backing you. And we're backing a winner. Like, I would not bet against you. Like, we were the ones, like, telling her, like, hey, you can do this. Now she she graduated. She's went through Willowbridge. She did well. She got her own place. She's held down a job. She, I mean, she's connected with her community. She's got a mentor family that she's been connecting to now for six years. And it's got depth to it. Like, this isn't like in a, this is our official mentor connection. This is like real yeah. community they're doing. Sure. Nobody's over there checking in, seeing how things are going. They're just living in community with each other, which is the whole idea here. We didn't set out to start a social service program. Like, we set out to connect people with people. That's what we set out to do. Well, like in that situation, that, that person, that kid, young adult at this point, that's, there's no end to that mentorship. Yeah. There's no, yeah. because it's not a, like you said, it's not a program. It's a, yeah. we, they're just going to love each other and help each other and, and be with, you know, that's, that's the beauty of what I see in Gateway or Lark or Willowbridge or it's all the same thing. Um, uh, is, is it's so much more, even as a part of the system, it's so much more, what's the term? Familial? it's so much more family and relational and i think that's a beautiful part of what you know you guys have done and and obviously your part in that is because you come from as you as you described that like everybody is all the nevers you'll never like that was your story on the last episode of you've been there and now you have like you like we've said the spirit of god in you to to know that this is not the healthy way but I'm going to show you what the healthy way is. I'm going to fill you with the belief of God has fearfully and wonderfully made you and created you for good things. Not that it won't, not that there won't be difficulty, not that it's going to be easy, but that you've been created for good because he loves. I think we, we do have to continue to reject that idea. I'm going to steal a quote. So I've become kind of a, a little bit of a, connoisseur of quotes over the years <laughs> but part of that is because i feel like people that are wiser and, and and have been at this longer than me have already said it like why would i reinvent the wheel and say it worse um greg boyle <laughs> is one of my favorites greg boyle mm. wrote a book called tattoos on the heart i don't recommend books very often but that is one that i highly recommend um but this is the quote no daylight to separate us only kinship inching ourselves closer to creating a community of kinship such that god might recognize it Soon we imagine with God the circle of compassion. Then we imagine no one standing outside of that circle, moving ourselves closer to the margins so that the margins themselves will be erased. We stand there with those whose dignity has been denied. We locate ourselves with the poor and the powerless and the voiceless. At the edges, we join the easily despised and the readily left out. We stand with the demonized so that the demonizing will stop. We situate ourselves right next to the disposable, so that the day will come that we stop throwing people away. I, mean, I could pretty easily boil everything down to that for us. Like that is our, there are a lot of things that are really important. But if people don't know that we care for them, if they don't know that we not just love them, it's easy to say you love somebody, but the kind of love that isn't like, well, stay well fed right. and warm right. and taken care of and good luck kind of deal. But a real like, I'm in this with you. Like, yeah. we're not going to back down. We're not going to relent. I'm going to continue to be. We say, like, oh, we're the hands and feet of Jesus. That looks great on a bumper sticker. But in real life, to do what he did, and that's what separates everything. 
Like when you when you go to his very words of like, you see me naked and you didn't clothe me. You see me hungry and you didn't feed me. You see me in prison and you didn't visit me. The whole like the idea of the sheep and the goats, the only difference in, in that story is what they did and didn't do. You showed up and you met people where they're at or you didn't. Mm. And Keith, Keith Green wrote a really beautiful song called The Sheep and the Goats. Yeah. But he's got a version where he did it that with Asleep in the Light at the same time. If you've not ever heard the song Asleep in the Light, go listen to it. Go listen to it right now. Asleep in the Light by Keith Green and see if it doesn't sound very, very familiar to where we're at right now. Mm. We've got this like blinding, beautiful love and grace given to us, like showered over us. And we're like, I think I'm going to kick my feet up and just wait for Christ to come back. Like, whoop, whoop. Like, <laughs> there's all these people out here that are like struggling and hurting. And I'm like, what do I look like? Not only not being involved but sometimes being the aggressor being the one that keeps you from seeing that god is good man how counterintuitive that is that should be our yeah. only work yeah uh, in, what, in, in what you just shared yeah like I, I love some of that the word the the wordage that or the verbiage that uh greg boyle i, I actually I'm, i have no idea who that is but that he used right like locate yourself with situate yourself among join with like it's it it's purpose it's action, it's verb, <laughs> like it's doing something, not just, oh, be blessed in the name of Jesus, <laughs> like you said, right? It's, it's, it's standing with, or however, I mean, all those verbs that he used, like it, it's, it, there's, a, there's a responsibility to the gospel that requires action to love others. When I had first heard about Greg Boyle for the first time, I didn't know who this guy was, I just knew he started some... Um, some ministry for kids coming out of the youth camp and then he worked with gangs in LA. And uh, then I see a picture of him for the first time. He's like 70 years old, white, white guy, <laughs> Jesuit priest. Like, so he looks like a Catholic priest. I remember thinking like, that is not the guy I thought. Wow. <laughs> but what happened was he, he seen a need. He was like, there's all these kids flooding out of the youth camps here in LA. They're all caught up in gangs. He's like, I'm going to create a place where they can all come together. All the gangs, not just what, like you can come here and this is a space where we're going to live and we're going to grow together wow. in community. And I'm like, that is just an example mm -hmm. of like somebody seeing, like look around our own place, where you're at, wherever you are right now, look around at your environment and see like, who are the people that are hurting the most? Who are the people that are the most likely to feel like they just don't belong here? Um, I mean, not to beat one particular drum, but like just as an example, like the teen suicide rate is so high already. Like for like an LGBTQ teen, it's like 30% higher yeah. than the already high average. Yeah. Like that should like that should keep us awake at night. I mean, you're talking about kids that on droves or they're taking their own lives. They're ending it all. Like that should that should bother us way, way more than how you might have spent your days. Like, I'm worried about whether or not you're going to have another one. Right. Mm. Man, I, I, to continue to maintain hope, and I, the picture that I got from, from that quote was a small circle and it just growing as you bring people in so much that there is nobody outside of that circle. There's nobody on the margins. And the beauty of what that can and should look like but also the the responsibility and activity that that's going to take for us to be welcoming, as you talked about before, being a place where it's not it's not you are a different part of the circle. We are all in this circle together, and um, I am I'm just uh, 
every time we sit down and talk, I just feel like I, I learn and I grow and I'm encouraged and I know our listeners are too. Um, if, can you share, I don't know, social media, um, website, like where can people go to find out more about Gateway, about yeah. Willow Bridge, um, to hear more of what's going on and maybe be possibly become involved, whether it's somebody yeah. local yeah. and mentorship, whether it's financially, you know, um, the way that people can become involved. Actually, we'd, we'd urge you to do that, yes, right? Like for sure. Rob, you've mentioned a couple times in this episode, and I think like we just don't have enough people. And if it's not Gateway, if you're not local, you know, find somewhere. Yeah. Uh, if you need a place to a stepping on point to love and engage with those in the margins, um, as well as just like that should be the lives that we live, not a programmed, but obviously there are kids that need invested in. Look, we, I'm talking to everybody here, wherever you might be, whatever you're doing, you're a train wreck. The sooner you realize that, the better off you'll be. If we weren't, we wouldn't have needed a savior. We could have just stayed exactly where we were. Yeah. And I think this is a great example of how God can take something. Like you look at Sierra and I's life, God took something that was ugly and broken and scarred and just, he made it into something messy, but beautiful. And it's making an impact, not because of me, but because he, what he chose to do through us. Gateway offers some real life ways of like, not only connecting with your community, but building community. And there's always this idea sometimes like, I'm going to go in, I'm going to mentor a kid, which is crazy important. But I have learned as much, if not more from the kids that I've loved on as what they have for me, whether they realize it or not, they've changed my life. Sure. Um, they might be my only crown someday. <laughs> my my grandpa used to say it about my grandma, like she had dementia and he was taking care of you. Like, that's gonna be my crown one day. Mm. <laughs> like, so if you guys are listening, thanks. <laughs> I needed some help. Um, gatewaywoods.org. Uh, go to the website. There's lots of opportunities to serve, to volunteer. There's job openings available. Um, like I personally need a community advocate couple for Willow Bridge right now, a couple of coordinators to work with our kids and a team of mentors. Um, you can check us out on our, any social media platform. Lark even has their own social media. But if you go to the website, it's a great place to start. But wherever you're at, just plug in with people. Keep open to like bringing people into your circle, to extending that out. Um, if you're struggling as a church or as a family to like know how to plug in, call me get in touch with me. I, I've got a heart to see people like wherever they're at, the church should be investing in, in their community. They should be pulling people in. And if I can empower people to do that, like I, I really, really want to, um, I do think we're better together. That's the message. Like God did not intend for us to do this by ourselves. Like we lift each other up. We encourage one another. We grow together. Um, I think therein we, we fulfill the, the commission to love one another. Like they tried to pin Jesus down, what's important, mm. right? Mm. It was so clear. Like, yeah. Love God, love people. And a really an, an easy way to do that in action is just by building relationships. Have no other goal but to be in it. I think it might have been Jim Elliott said, wherever you are, be all there. Live every situation to the hilt that you deem to be the love of God. And if you deem that the love of God is to love on people, and I'm going to say we can have some discussion on what God wants and doesn't want for us, but his heart for the marginalized, the fatherless, the alone, it's very, very clear. My encouragement, stop praying and go do something. Like, Chuck, like Charles Spurgeon said, do something, do something, do something. You won't regret it. It's going to change your life as much as it changed somebody else's, and it draws us all closer to God and closer to each other. 
Amen. Rob, thank you for your time. Thank you for being here and sharing your story and, and sharing what's on your heart. It's it's clearly evident what God is has done through you, is doing through you, and, and I know will continue to. And so I just want to, as your friend and partner in ministry, love you and thank you so much for what you do well, being here today. Too. Thanks. Well, it's about to wrap it up. Yeah. Thanks again. Thanks for listening, everybody. Check out the social media page. We'll have all the gateway information on there um, and, and all kinds of information if you yep. need to get a, uh, in contact or would like to get in contact with Rob. And uh, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Peace.